up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we are talking about meditation and witchcraft. It's a big topic. It's a big topic. So why are we talking about meditation and witchcraft? Well, we always tell people, you know, you have to work with intention, with focus, with all that. And really, one of the tried and true ways of, you know, getting into focus and having your intention set and being ready emotionally is meditation. So we figured, well, we probably need an episode on meditation. Big agree. I think it's something that's so pushed in the witchcraft community, but like doesn't really get discussed. And so I, I think it's unfair, honestly, of us to not have done it sooner. Oh, well, we're just not fair people, I guess. How dare we? But we're doing it today. <laughs> <laughs> so... First, the first question I have before I go into this is, do you meditate? Oh, Uh-oh. so this is a very, well, let's start with this. I have ADHD, right? Like I'm not, my brain don't do good. Um, I currently, right now, 2022, do not meditate regularly. Okay. I do not have a regular meditation practice. Uh, and my life is worse for it. I used to have a more regular meditation practice and I can tell the difference. Like I feel different in my body with my ADHD in general without a regular meditation practice. I'm going to assume you meditate. You give off meditation vibes. I do meditate. Um, At night, always. In the morning, you know, it's hard some days. You know, if you're getting up and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to get to work earlier because I have to do X, Y, and Z or Mm -hmm. whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm cutting my meditation short in the morning or I'm doing it, but I'm like, I'm really not meditating because I'm already thinking, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, So, you know, I do different things to kind of help me meditate. And I guess we'll talk about that. But I thought the first thing we could do is talk about some, I'm going to say popular forms of meditation. There may be others out there, but these are the ones that either I've tried or I've heard a lot about. Absolutely. So the first one is guided meditation. And guided meditation, it's in the name, right? You're hearing somebody guide you through a process, through a place. Um, You know, it's very visual, right? They're very, they're always telling you about what things sound like or look like or feel like so that you can really imagine it or see yourself doing it. Um, I do guided meditation to go to sleep. Me too. It was never really a thing. I used to meditate before sleep, but then, you know, when the world went crazy, I couldn't fall asleep. So I found that Guided meditation was great, and there are lots of apps out there that are free. In fact, one of my favorite meditations, and believe it or not, I put it on yesterday because I love it, and I wasn't even... It's called Awake in the Middle of the Night, and it's specifically meant to get you back into sleep when you've woken up. And I cannot tell you how many times I needed that at the beginning of this insanity, where I would wake up at all hours and I have to go back to sleep. But you know what? I liked her voice so much, and I just liked that meditation yeah. That last night I said, you know what? I know it's not the middle of the night and I'm just I'm going just to sleep, but I'm going to pop her in and listen to her. Um, I know when times are very stressful, when I get to the end of the meditation and I still haven't fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say more often than not, these things work. Like you go to sleep. Yeah. That's I how I've used it. 
I typically use a guided meditation um, to like wind down. Mm. So like I, I have ADHD. I'm going to say that like 400 times in this episode. I have a lot of frenetic energy. And so sometimes I'll get in the bed and I'm still wide awake. And so I don't, I don't really have a mechanism in me to be like, okay, well, now we need to like breathe deeply or like try to, you know, go to dreamland. It doesn't, it doesn't work as well if I try to do it for myself. So having that guided meditation allows me to just become almost drowsy. So even at the end of the meditation, I'm awake, but I'm tired now. And then I can put on my little sleep mask. And I can roll over on my little pillow and be like, okay, now I feel like I can finally go to sleep. When my brother got very ill many years ago, I recorded a bunch of guided meditations for him. I love that. Yeah. Which, you know, I look back and I think, I mean, we loved each other very much, but it was very much like, I'm the younger sister and like, be quiet and stop being annoying kind of thing, kind of energy, because mm-hmm. I was, I was always like following him around. So, you know, really looking back, I probably was the last person that should have been doing a guided meditation because I didn't have that kind of energy, but I did. Like, mm-hmm. I remember even um, his partner would say to me like, wow, like I listened to the meditations, like that was you, huh? Because I was, it wasn't ASMR, but it was definitely a very calm voice. And mm-hmm. I recorded it and I like practiced it so that it would be very, you know. Um, so that was probably my first take on guided meditation. I had never done one prior to that, but I actually recorded some for him. So... You know, I like it. I, I think guided meditations are great. I don't know um, about doing a guided meditation if I wasn't trying to go to sleep. And I don't know why I went to that because a lot of people were like, you should try white noise or you should try. But I felt like, no, like I needed somebody. I needed something. And, and that's the first thing I went to. I honestly think guided meditation is like probably the best starting place for meditation, especially for people I, there's a subgroup of people, and I was one of them, where, like, you you don't think you can meditate. You're mm. like, I can't meditate. I can't do that. Guided meditation helps you overcome that because I think a lot of times we perceive meditation as, like, there's only one way to do it, and you have to, like, sit in silence, and your eyes are closed, and you have to cross your legs, and it's, it isn't always like that. And we're going to talk about other ways to meditate that aren't that. But having someone else walk you through the process makes it so much more comfortable and it feels safer and I think that's why a lot of people do it before bed because the transition from waking to sleep is not like a super safe transition evolutionarily or even in modern times like I understand why people don't fall asleep especially in times of high stress you feel like you need to be constantly on guard so having someone else tell you it's like giving you permission yeah and that For the people who are like, I can't meditate, I can't meditate, pick a guided meditation. It doesn't have to be to go to bed. I've done some in the mornings. I used to do them in my class. I used to do like guided meditations on like a Friday where we'd all just like practice breathing just to help you regulate. And it literally just gives you permission to feel safe for a little bit. When um, I don't teach this type of class anymore. I teach a different type of AP class, but I used to teach a literature course and my students were like, well, you know, um, before the exam, like other classes are like having parties or whatever. Okay, the day before, I'd show them how to meditate and how to breathe. Mm-hmm. I said, this is going to help you better on the exam. Like, yeah, you should eat before the exam, but I think you need to know how to relax. Because if you don't relax, you guys are going to pop during the exam yeah. and not be able to do anything. So, um, yeah, it does help. All right, ready for the second one? Yes. 
So these are all ones that I do, which is kind of how like I put them down. Mindful, mindfulness meditation. Oh, let's do it. So it's about being present with your thoughts. And I know people are going to say that's not meditation because my thoughts are going all over the place and I am going insane. It's not that kind of thing. You're not judging what you're thinking. You're just letting it happen. Now, how do I use mindful meditation? I use it when I'm driving. That's smart. In the morning, first of all, you have to be alert on the road, right? But instead of listening to music or putting the radio on and getting all stressed out or thinking about your job, how about I get in the car and I think, what does it feel like as I put my, my car into reverse? How do my hands feel in the morning when the steering wheel is a bit too cold, right? Let's go into that coldness. I am very yeah. mindful of everything I'm doing and everything I'm seeing, right? Um, I'm aware of the trees. I'm still looking out for the deer. We live in a place that's very heavily populated by you deer. Have to. So it's not about not watching the road. You are. But all your thoughts are being mindful to what you are doing. So I am yeah. mindful of how my foot feels as I'm pressing on the brake. I am mindful of how the lights are hitting my eyes. How does it make me feel? I am mindful of the trees and like, oh, you looked a little bit fuller yesterday. How are you doing? It's almost like You're I'm having a conversation with them. You're probably more attention to the road than a person who is not doing mindfulness during driving. Because you know. are literally focused on all of the aspects of driving. Yeah. If the weather is not so brutally cold, even if it's a little cold, my windows are open. I want to feel Damn. the air. Yeah, I've gone to school sometimes where I'm like, oh, thank God I'm going inside now. Like, But um, I want to feel the air. I want to smell it. Um, because the air does have a scent to it. If you really are mindful, morning air, winter air versus yeah. summer air, I mean, you're going to get different scents. They're not all great. Whew. There was a skunk that died like oh, no. two weeks ago that I swear when I got to work, I was like, I'm convinced I smell like it because it was so powerful. It was all over the parking lot in school. Ugh. Oh, no, it was horrible. The kids were like, what is going on? So anyway, um, but yeah, just... That's how I use it. Um, but really, when you're talking about mindful meditation, you're just observing your thoughts. So they could be anything. You don't have to. But I just feel like mindfulness is about that. It's about what is it that I'm doing? Where am I in this point in time? And what does it feel like? Like if I was doing mindfulness meditation now, what does it feel like to be in this chair? You know, how is my back feeling? You know, how is... I don't know, my hair feeling on the back of my neck as I'm talking, like I'm being mindful of everything. I'm not saying it's a good feeling or a bad feeling. Judgment is out. It's just what does it feel like right now? I think mindfulness, first of all, I think mindfulness is sort of like being um, communicated more clearly in like the medical field in the last mm. five years than, than meditation was previously. I know that mindfulness is something that's recommended for people with ADHD, people with anxiety, people who are in their heads a lot. Um, mindfulness meditation doesn't work unless you stop judging yourself. Yeah. And what, what, I, what I struggled with when I started doing mindfulness meditations is I, I saw judging myself as one specific thing, but it's actually much broader than that. Um, I saw judging myself as like associating goodness or badness with my thoughts being like oh why are you thinking this right now Ugh. you know or oh yeah this is a good thought let's keep thinking about that 
But judging yourself can also be about trying to fix the problem. So like if mm. if I was doing mindfulness and I was like, okay, I'm really anxious. So I'm going to try to be present in my body and feel where my anxiety is and feel like what sensations I'm having in my body. Judging myself was also going, okay, well, now that I'm doing the mindfulness, I'm going to stop experiencing this tightness in my chest or I'm going to stop experiencing. No, no, mindfulness doesn't get rid of the experience. Mindfulness allows you to experience it without shame. Um, And as silly as this is going to sound, I use mindfulness when I do the dishes. Okay, why is that silly? (laughs) Because I guess for me, like, I think household chores are looked down. And this is, see, I'm judging myself again. If I was Mm -hmm. being mindful, I wouldn't have judged myself. I think household chores get kind of looked down on it. sort of the thing. It's like, get it done and get it over with. And I hated doing the dishes. I hated it. Like, I, it would make me irrationally angry to have to do the dishes. There was a period of time where I didn't do them at all. I used to make my husband do all the dishes. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this technique. I'm just going to be present. I'm just going to experience the sensations. And listen, guys, it took me months and years. Like, it's not like I started doing mindfulness meditation. I was like, I love doing the dishes now. But I was able to really... Just be present, washing dishes. And there are pleasant experiences in that. I was able, like being conscious of it, I was able to sit back and be like, oh, you know what? I like the feeling of the warm water. I enjoy the soap. You know, just because there are gross parts of this doesn't mean there isn't also beauty in it. But Learning how not to judge yourself is the part that I think takes the most time with mindfulness. And then you get frustrated and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But the more time you put into mindfulness versus guided meditation where I think it kind of like, it's easy. You just kind of transition in and you listen to another person. Mindfulness really is a practice that you have to kind of commit to. To be like, all right, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be conscious and I'm not going to be mean to myself no matter what what, what happens. You know, you say doing the dishes, and I think of cleaning the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I always, the only reason that I guess I could get into the mindfulness in cleaning the bathroom is because I love the end result. I love the result of everything looking shiny. Mm -hmm. You know? So when you set the soap on the the dishes, and yeah, it's gross because you got to clean things off. But there does come that point when you do that final rinse off that you go, ooh. Yeah. It's all shiny. Yes. You know, and I, and I like, the, you're right. You need the whole process to get to the shiny. You need that. And especially as a witch, you're putting your energy into this process, right? And we talk all the time about intention being important and what are you putting into your spells and blah, blah, blah. What are you putting into your life? What mm. energy are you putting into your existence? Because that energy is what you are compounding. And so I used to put in a lot of negative energy to doing the dishes and it made me uncomfortable and unhappy and miserable, honestly. Like the days that I had to do the dishes, I would have full-on meltdowns. And so this practice has really allowed me to be like, how can I experience this neutrally? Which then opens up the door to experiencing something positive, right? You don't, you don't go from negative directly to positive. You have to go through neutral first. Yeah, that's true. Next one? Next one. My next favorite, walking meditation. And I think 
The first time I heard that, I said, there's no way I'm walking. I'm supposed to be concentrating on what? I can't do that. Until I actually went through the steps that the Zen Buddhist monk teacher Thich Nhat Hanh gives mm-hmm. us. Which is, first of all, speaking of witches, it's a great way for witches to connect with the earth. You're not just walking. Yes. You are literally focusing on your breath. And with every breath, one foot, you're just focusing on the feeling of one foot. You're not even going to focus on the next foot until the other foot is completely down on the ground. And we're talking heel to toe. What does that feel like, right? It's supposed to make us very conscious of the fact that we are moving on the earth because we are part of the earth. This is us. We are it. So if you're breathing in, breathing out, stepping very slowly, you know, walking meditation is not getting from here to the store. Walking meditation is, can quite literally be walking in a circle or square or just a straight line. And that's how I usually do it. I'll go in the backyard and walk a straight line up, walk a straight line back. But for me, what I find is that you've got the walking meditation. I kind of feel like it turns into mindfulness meditation Mm -hmm. because you have to be mindful that I'm walking here and walking back. And the more deep breaths you take and the more exhalations you take, you start to, for me, it's like I can hear things clearer. Mm -hmm. So now I'm outside and you can do it inside, but I love doing it outside because again, I feel the earth, even though I'm wearing shoes, but you know, you still feel, it's not like you know, you're walking in your house where everything's plain, you can feel where the ground moves around as you're walking. And then again, you're breathing in the air, you're smelling the outside, you're hearing the birds, you become very conscious of being part of that sound. Not I'm just moving through it. No, I'm part of it. As I'm crunching my feet, I'm adding to the sound that the birds are hearing. It's also influencing how the trees may sound to somebody else because they've just heard a crunch. You know, um, it's a great way to get you in there and it's different from the others because again i can drive and be mindfulness have mindfulness be driving mindfully but walking i I can't go to starbucks that way right there are stop signs there are lights and i I, when you're walking meditation you have to just it's about the walking it's not about the destination so i am so happy we did this episode because I have always struggled with walking meditation. Um, I 2022 has been a rough year, but prior to 2022, I was like walking pretty regularly. I'd try to do like a half an hour to 45 minutes a day. Um, but I, I couldn't do it without like music or without a podcast or without something. Mm. And I never, my, my brain did not put two and two together to just be like, go walk a straight line in the backyard to the end of the backyard and to back to the house. And I, I think it's a similar problem as to why I struggled originally with mindfulness because it's a judgment. Mm. Oh, well, that's not good enough. Walking, the, walking to the backyard is not good enough. Why not? Why not? And then you get into the thing where people tell you, oh, just start with like one minute of meditation every day. And you go, what is one minute going to do for me? A lot, actually. A lot. The idea of just taking 10 steps. I mean, I don't have a real backyard. It's not like a a big old yard that I'm living in. Just taking 10 steps mindfully is better than taking no steps mindfully. I'm going to try that. Yeah, it's really cool. I can't explain to you how nice it feels. It's hard doing it outside now 
For me, well, I, yeah. I'm not going to focus. I hate the cold. But, oh, man, on a nice day doing some walking meditation, it's awesome. And this is one of the reasons I think this episode is so important because we all have a lot of preconceived notions for what meditation is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, do I strongly recommend that people read Thich Nhat Hanh? Is how we say his Thich name? Thich Nhat Hanh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thich Nhat Hanh. Love the books that he wrote. Um, unfortunately, he recently passed, but yeah. absolute just, just genius in the way that he presents this information to you in the books. I think that you should, if you can get a free app, try some guided meditations. But so much of this is about just figuring out what works for your body. Yeah. And so much of it is also looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, stop being mean to yourself. Because what what am I really adding by not trying a walking meditation? Nothing. I'm not adding anything. It's not making my life better. It might be making my life worse. Yeah. You never know. I didn't think this episode was going to go like this. I feel like every time we do an episode (laughs) like this, I have like full on epiphanies. We're like just casually talking about a topic and Gemini's over here like, oh my God, my whole world has changed. (laughs) Shall we go to the fourth one? Yes. Blow my mind again, Scorpio. So this is the one that I feel that everyone knows and everyone talks about. And I think because it's gotten kind of like famous Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to stay away from it, even though I have tried it. And it is transcendental meditation. Yeah. Right? So with transcendental meditation, somebody assigns to you, I guess, some sort of teacher or you just choose. But Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of, oh, you get assigned a phrase or a word, right? It can even be a sound, I think. And you're supposed to recite it for 20 minutes twice a day. So you're sitting somewhere just saying whatever you're going to say over and over and over again, I guess in a way kind of inducing a trance-like state, which is what, that's how I see it, right? Um, I don't know. I've never, I tried it a couple of times. It wasn't for me. And I think it's because me saying something over and over again, look, even when I do a spell, I don't do it for 20 minutes. I'm not saying what I'm saying for 20 minutes straight. Yeah. Like for me, that way lies madness. For me personally, I can't do it. So, you know, but it works for a lot of people. It's gotten very big and there are people that swear by it. So I, first of all, do not do transcendental medic. I was about to medication, say transcendental medication. Say? Yeah. <laughs> I do not do transcendental meditation. Um, I love the idea of it. I, we, you guys know me at this point. I have a lot of ideas in my head of like the kind of person I want to be. Versus the kind of person I am. The kind of person I want to be. Totally can sit around for 20 minutes and just say the same thing over and over. So zen. So like in a trance. I love that. But realistically, that's not who I am. Um, (laughs) I had enough trouble doing the dishes. Let alone like being able to sit still for 20 minutes. Yeah. What I do instead. And this is kind of like my modification of transcendental meditation is I actually try to treat it more of like a Western style meditation um, in the sense that like, I don't, I don't remember which like famous old dude it was, if it was Marcus Aurelius or Thomas Aquinas or somebody, but like meditations in the sense of really considering heavily an idea or a topic. So I do this, this is sort of my version of mantra meditation as well, where like I will pick a phrase 
or I will pick an idea and I will meditate by journaling or um, like I have conversations with myself in the mirror sometimes. I'm fine. I do not need a grippy socks vacation. Um, But like really like going into the concept And so I guess it's like kind of trance-like, but it's not, it's not trance-like in the way that we see a trance where like, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like we all know the vibe. You know, you're sitting, your eyes are doing the little flutter. Like it's not like that. Right, right. But you become so inside of the idea that it almost is, like I could do 20 minutes of that. I could, if you were like, Gemini, meditate on meditation. I could do 20 minutes of like free write where I am really like deeply addressing what does meditation mean to me and how do I use it and all of that, which I think is a super valuable tool if you don't feel comfortable doing transcendental meditation. And I don't feel comfortable doing transcendental meditation, so I kind of do that instead. I think that that's the same. Why wouldn't that be the same thing? Like, why wouldn't that be just as good? Like, why wouldn't that be just as... Just as good, yes. The same, no. Because I do think transcendental meditation is attempting to create, like, a body state. Yeah, that's true. That I don't think it replicates. Um, I treat journaling like meditation. I have a specific meditative journaling practice that I do. And I know that a lot of people... A lot of people see meditation in one very strict way. But like walking meditations, um, body movement meditations, journaling meditations, incredibly valuable, right? If that's where you want to start, start. Like don't feel like you have to start with transcendental meditation. Yeah. Because that's like the hard, that's hard mode. I also feel meditation. Okay, so we're talking about the other ones, right? We're talking about mindful. You are working. My mind is... While I am trying to, the way I do it, while I'm trying to relax from judgment and letting my mind go crazy, I am having my mind focus on some very specific things. And they're coming into what I feel, what I hear, what I smell, Mm -hmm. what I sense. Um, When you're talking about guided meditation, somebody, you have to focus on this person's voice. You can't now start thinking about other things. You Mm -hmm. have to, if the person says to picture something, you picture it like you are working with them. Your mind is working. When you're walking, same thing. You are feeling the ground. You are feeling the air. You are hearing the birds, all these things. You are very consciously feeling. The minute you say transcendental meditation, and I have to sit there and I have to say the same thing over and over again, my mind isn't really, I mean, yes, it is doing something in the sense that it's only focusing on that phrase, but I don't know, like for me personally, that state is just doesn't seem as productive. I don't know what the word is. I think like, the what problem am I getting is, from that? Is that we took a lot of meditative practices from um, Eastern religions and Eastern spiritualities, and yeah. we don't hold the same values. True. So like in Buddhism, there are monks who are working to sort of make their mind a blank slate, working towards being able to erase, you know, their desires and their needs in agreement with things that the Buddha said. But not every Buddhist is out there doing 20 minutes of transcendental meditation every day. Buddhism is still 
a religion, and there are still people who are practicing meditation that are not monks. So when we try to, as witches, take this practice out of context, I think it can be, I think it can be dangerous. And I think we've mentioned it earlier, um, maybe last year or the year before. People, non-Eastern people, um, typically white people, but like people not raised in a Buddhist or a Shinto or an Eastern culture can literally make themselves sick trying to meditate too much because they don't have the understanding of Zen Buddhist meditation the way that somebody raised in that culture does. And so sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, okay, I don't have to do transcendental meditation. I don't have to be a Buddhist monk. I can meditate in a way that is benefiting my body and making me feel better and making me feel good, that is allowing me to grow as a witch and a person without completely changing my mind. Right? I don't have to be different mentally to utilize these tools. I think it's also important to note that um, while some Buddhist traditions are more philosophical and others are more religious, yeah. So when you're looking at it that way, you know, a Zen Buddhist is going to look at meditation differently than a Mahayanan Buddhist. Yeah. Right? One is definitely more religious than the other. Um, so what they do in their meditations is going to be radically different. And we're taking it all out of context when we use it. So, you know, um, but again, it's also what do you call things, you know, uh, when it comes to meditation. My family's idea of meditation, I'm not even going to go into it, it's way too long, but it is meditation. <laughs> Give us it the spark notes. So the spark notes is really, a, their idea of meditation is also being able to, I don't want to say have an outer body experience, but almost being able to astral project out to then come back in. Okay. Got it. So when I started meditation, as a child, I found it just such a huge job. I was just like, I can't do all this. Like, this is insane, mm -hmm. what you want me to do. And really what my mother wanted me to be able to do is to understand in my body, out my body. My body is this, my mind, my spirit is that. And that's really the connection she was trying to have me make. But as a kid, it was daunting. It was just, yeah. I am not going to meditate. And she would take me through guided meditations. And I was just like, it was like, for me, it just felt like you're giving a five-year-old war and peace and you're saying, go with it, kid, read and tell me what the theme is. And it was just, it was something I could not do. Yeah. So it took me years until I started researching other things and went, oh, I can do yeah. this meditation. And do I occasionally try to do my parents' style meditation? Yes. I'll let you know when I finally get there. Right now, I'm still <laughs> with these other meditations, but I get it. Now, another thing, this is a nice segue, another thing type of meditation that my mother does is the fifth one that I have for today. And I know there's tons, but these are the ones I know. Loving kindness meditation. Mm -hmm. This is where you are sitting or whatever, focusing um, well wishes, good wishes to other people. And my mother even says when she's the angriest at somebody, it's the time to do loving kindness meditation to send them good. Because in doing that, it calms away, like I'm so angry, I'm so angry, 
you know what? Let it go. The anger is you. It's personal. It has nothing to do with them, right? Like mm -hmm. you're angry. They don't even know it. So why should you even be angry? Like what's that even helping? So I'm going to send loving guidance meditation. That doesn't mean you should take shit from people. It doesn't mean like if someone's no. treating you badly, you go, okay, well, they're just going to treat me badly and I'm just going to meditate away. No, it's about you. It's about saying, because again, all this meditation is about you. Yeah. So in sending that loving, positive energy out to somebody else, you are basically saying, you're not touching me with this. Go in peace. I'm letting all of this energy, because anger is just an energy. Yeah. So I'm going to let this energy go. Not by being angry at you and sending you angry thoughts or negative. I'm just going to send you love and kindness and all that. And I totally get that. I am not evolved enough. Well, I'm not I doing do it that, <laughs> You know, because if I'm pissed at you, I'm pissed at you. And I don't want to send you anything. So I'm not going to. And that's that. I have other techniques, and I will do those. I will straight up hex you. I have zero problems but... <laughs> with it. I will fuck up your life. And you tried to fuck it, up mine. In and of itself, can be a meditation. No, I'm not going to go there. That's a terrible thing to say. I will. It could be. I absolutely, it could be. It has been. Listen, and I... <laughs> listen guys listen i talk a lot of shit i've hexed like four people in my entire life but i am willing to do it right and that's that's what i will i will die on the hill i am willing to do it i have absolutely used a hex as a meditative tool to allow me to process my anger i absolutely that i know exactly which hex it was i know exactly who it was for it helped i felt better after doing it Look, I'm not going to lie, because I already said that I did this on the podcast. When I was singing that song that I told you I about, know. I was doing it as a release for me. I didn't realize that I had actually done something until I felt it, and I went, oh, I did something here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess a hex meditation, it can yeah. either be loving kindness or I'm going to hex your ass. Let's <laughs> talk about, let's change that to slash. Loving kindness slash hexing your ass meditation. I love it. I love it so much. It really was good. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and go, well, that was a really crappy meditation. It was damn good. I felt a lot better afterwards. Yeah. I do try to think of meditation as almost like exercise, though, mm. um, where it's the sort of thing where like, yeah, doing this one hex was really powerful for me and I felt better. But the the meditations that I do regularly are the ones that are more valuable almost. And it's sort of like I created a a baseline of meditations that I do my I did past tense again, 2022, rough year. I did my guided meditations before bed. I did my mindfulness with the dishes. And that that put me in a space where when I needed to get into a meditative state for a spell, it was that much easier. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why witches should meditate. It will make getting to where you need to be to do your rituals a lot easier. Yeah. Because you already have trained your mind to, I have to be in this particular state to meditate. You can bring that on. Yeah. A lot easier, you know? And I do think it's a good idea to meditate before you do a ritual, any kind of spell. It just helps you focus. Um, I, I wrote down in my notes that it helps us to set intention. Intention. It gets us mentally ready to do ritual, do divination, 
spell work, and I cannot read my other handwriting. Oh, Reiki and other healing. <laughs> I was like, what does that say? Reiki. Um, yeah, divination. I know a lot of people. I think I've heard from almost everybody I know that does divination that they say, I meditate beforehand. And it's just you need to just clean, clear the air is the way I see it, yeah. right? The mental air. Whatever's going on in here needs to just go out because if not, you know, how are you going to get anything done? And for me, it almost is like a modified transcendental meditation before doing divination because I'm thinking of what do I want to know or like who, what am I trying to get in touch with before I pull the cards. And so I'm thinking about that before I get into a place where I'm like, not that I don't just like pull cards just to pull cards, but yeah. on the days when it's good, it's because I took the time to mentally prepare myself first. And I think a lot of people expect you to pull cards, like they ask a question or you tell them to think of a question. And, you know, you're sitting there with the stuff for a while. And I can tell when people are looking at me like, are you going to do it? Like, <laughs> like when uh, are you going to do it? <laughs> yes. And the people who also do divination, they get it, that I am taking my time because yeah. I am asking the question. And most of the time, my favorite way to do divination is I always tell somebody, think of a question, don't tell me what it is. I don't even want to know. And then I just focus on getting us in tune in other words yeah you know let me see what i am meant to see let me answer this question i don't even know what the damn question is like i just prefer it that way because i think for people especially people who know how to read or who are skeptical if i can just answer your question without you telling me what it is but you better be focusing on it yeah you know if you're just going to say well i'm not going to think of anything you're going to get a shit reading but if you're concentrating I feel like my my preparation ahead of time, my meditation to try to do right by you, to be able to give you answers, that's going to connect us, right? You're focusing on the question. I'm focusing on you. Boom. I should be able to do this reading, you know? Yeah. I just like it. So, no, I big agree. I had a lot of thoughts while we were talking about this. I guess the first thing I want to talk about also is I do think that there is not a lot of discussion about body movements in meditation. Mm. So like, obviously people know like meditation can be focusing on your breathing, but part of focusing on your breathing can literally be like the movement of your breath. Right. Um, part of meditation can be, um, I do, <laughs> before I even knew what meditation was, I was like full on a child and I would do this before I went to bed where I would like wiggle all my toes and then I would rotate my ankles and then I would shake my legs and I would sort of tense and release all of the muscles in my body. And this was a physical signal for my body to wind down and time to be relaxed. That is a literal type of meditation. You can do a tense and release meditation. Wait a minute. You sure you didn't see this anywhere? I was a, I was a wee child. I was okay. like eight years old. I definitely did not see it anywhere. That's so, because you're talking about it and I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> wow. And so many people don't realize that meditation is not just about your mind. It's also yeah. about your body, right? You can, so many people say to me, I literally so many, why do they say this to me? I know why they say it to me. Hold on. Let's explain. Let's start from the beginning. So many people say to me, the gym is my therapy. And I know why they say it to me. It's because I don't go to the gym. <laughs> but if you do a repetitive motion 
and you are focused on that repetitive motion and where you're feeling that in your body and how it's affecting your body, that can be a meditation. That's true. Right? I think a lot of times like people who lift, people who lift weights, it's meditative. You get into the, you know, get in a squat position and then you're doing the squats and you're not standing there thinking about like, oh, what do I, what am I eating for dinner? You've got 400 pounds on your back. You're focused on how am I holding my muscles? Am I in the right form? Like that is meditative. Yeah. If you can't sit and just clear your mind or sit and focus on a concept, that's okay. You can start with your body. Your body is part of you. It counts. Meditate with your body. I mean, every meditation starts out with breathing in and out and to feeling your stomach, right? Like your diaphragm kind of expands. And so you feel that. And some meditations, they'll say to you, like, put your hands so you can feel it. Like you are breathing, right? And you don't put it on your throat and you don't put it on your nose. Where do you put it? Where you can actually feel the air going up and down. Um, And I think you made a great point when it comes to working out. If you're not focusing on what you're doing, you're going to get hurt. Whether you have you 400 pounds or whether you're just doing push-ups. If you're not paying attention, you're going to hurt yourself. So for people who are like, oh, I can't meditate. If you're going to the gym, you're meditating. You're meditating. I think you're right, yeah. You're definitely meditating. And this, I think that also helped me. Maybe we talked about it before. This must have been like season one if we did. I had a lot of trouble with yoga because there was a period of time where I felt okay, doing yoga is really appropriative and I don't want to contribute to that. But yoga was one of the best forms of meditation that I ever did. And what I realized is, is trying to separate yoga from meditation, from the spiritual parts, is part of why it becomes appropriative. When you treat yoga just as a workout, you are removing the years and years of history where this was used as a meditative tool. And once you start putting meditation back into your yoga practice, it changes the game. Like, I'm not great at the poses anymore, but I am able to experience them in a way that is significantly better uh, emotionally, physically, stability-wise. It changes the way you look at the exercise to be meditative and mindful about doing it versus just... I want to get really strong so I can do inversions. You know, when I lived in the city, there's a integral yoga institute on 13th Street on the west side. And that was my go-to. And the first yoga class you take, they teach you about the founder of the school, what the purpose of yoga is for. And there's always meditation afterwards. Yeah. I mean... The idea of doing yoga and not meditating afterwards, like what you do all the yoga for. And yes, there are health benefits. But again, what you do all the yoga for. And then when I moved to the suburbs, there's only been one place. And I'm not going to say the name because the person's not there anymore. And I don't know if the place is still the same without them. They treated it with that level of respect. And Mm -hmm. boy, was I happy going there. But I've gone to places where it's a good workout. But then at the end, it's like, okay, guys, we're good. And it's like, I'm leaving now? Yeah. Like, I just did all this, again, what did I do all this yoga for? I could have worked out doing something else. I did this because I thought we were going to have a nice session, right? Yeah. And the place that I used to go to, um, yeah, you would do the yoga, and then there was meditation before the next group started. So if you had to leave, yes, you could leave. 
but you know, let's hang out here a little bit longer and let's like meditate. And it was just absolutely wonderful. And when people just do it to work out, I, you're right. It's more of an appropriation. You're not really respecting. I really love that we had the history of the founder and, you know, what year it was founded and all the changes that have happened and why we're here and why we're doing this. It was just fantastic for me. Like, I thought that that was so great. Yeah. And even with the poses that you're doing, like, what is the name of the pose? Right. Why is this pose named that? Think about that while you're in this pose. Right. What what is the point of knowing that you're in warrior pose if you're not spending the mental energy to think about what warrior pose means? What energy is warrior pose creating in you? Why why name them at all? Just put me in a position at that point. I'll hold it. My arms will get strong and we'll move on. Right. Yeah. I miss yoga now. You and me both. You and me both. I miss a lot. This is really reminding me that I need to have a more consistent practice and not because of like, oh, I need to be a good witch or I need to be, you know, no, I need to do it because it just makes my life better. I am happier and comfortable and better when I have a consistent meditation practice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I meditate. But I'm thinking about spending more time, like doing things like yoga, which I don't need to go someplace. I could do it at home. I find it's lonely. I like doing meditation and yoga with other people around. Yeah. You know, especially since I will never try a new pose on my own because I'm afraid I'm going to kill myself. Um, whereas when you're there, it's nice they say to have something... someone there, yeah, to guide you. Right. So I definitely like that. Yeah, it is nice when somebody guides you. But I find. And I'm not trying to use this as an excuse. I'm just trying to, I'm wondering if maybe other people feel the same way. We're going through what we're going through because the world is ever changing. And yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I get home sometimes and I probably should do yoga. I probably should meditate, but I will gravitate towards my switch. And I will just say, I need an hour of this, or I need half an hour of TikToks. Like, we have found other ways. They're not meditative, but we found, or maybe they are. When you think about I would some say of the, the Animal play, Crossing. Here we go. Meditative. Always talking to me about Animal Crossing. Sometimes I play other things. Yeah, but I do think like building your, your island, like decorating yeah. the homes, that can be very meditative. It can be. Right. I don't think that like me playing Skyrim has ever been a meditative experience. It's just me murdering people. <laughs> no, but you are also fulfilling a quest. Look, I. See, for me, Skyrim is just many, many hours, maybe not hours, of me getting lost, okay? Till I finally oh, find where I'm supposed to be. And then, of course, you have to kill things because you've gone the wrong way. And then when you yes. finally think you've gone there, you realize, no, you've just made a circle. And now I'm back to where I started and I have to venture out again, okay? <laughs> so I didn't want to talk about Skyrim. I'm just going to get aggravated. But, um, but it can be meditative when you are walking up a mountain going, why am I here? Yeah. Okay. But I do think you make a good point because I I do not think TikTok can be meditative. No. I think by virtue of the way social media is created, it cannot be meditative. And we do, we, us, but I'm sure other people have this experience where you could be reading a book or doing yoga or spending five minutes just focusing on the sensations in your body. But instead you're like, I'm going to watch TikToks. I'm going to distract myself instead of yeah. 
going within and really doing some work. And, you know, on the other hand, I also can't say that I blame any of us if that's where we are. Yeah. Because it's been rough and it's been crazy and we're going to do what we have to do. But maybe, just maybe, more meditation and yoga might be a solution. I'm not going to say I'm definitely going to do it. I'm going to say I'm going to write this in my journal and see if maybe I can get this going. Hit me up in 2023. And see where we are with the yoga. (laughs) Sounds good. I like that. Anything else? My, I, again, did not think this episode was going the way that it was going to go. I thought we were just going to give some nice information to the listeners. <laughs> and now I got to go rethink my entire life. <laughs> like, go have no. some more epiphanies. So, look, I think these are things that we think about, and that's probably why we put them down. Like, we have to talk yeah. about them on the podcast. Because, again, when you spitball and you talk with somebody else, you're like, ah, oh, okay. You know, like, I, I honestly, I didn't think we were going to go to yoga. Yeah. As we started talking about meditation. And then I think these are things that I miss. Yeah. Right? Um, and again, for me, it's always been tied to a place. I've always enjoyed going in and seeing the teacher and knowing yeah. that in this class, it's going to be like this and it being really awesome. So, you know, maybe I have to just relook at what yoga could be. How strange is it that when life gets stressful, this is the thing that we drop? That, that meditation is the thing that we yeah. lose because it's the thing that we know makes us more resilient, that like scientifically has been demonstrated to make us more resilient. The minute we get stressed out, we're like, nah, nope, not doing it. <laughs> I'm out. Or not. I would love to hear from people if it's been the opposite, if they've actually gotten more yeah. meditative. You know, maybe it's just us. I mean, again, like you said, there's probably other people like us. But, you know, I'd like to think that maybe some people took this the other way and went, no, actually, I got real meditative after this and did a lot of yoga. I I would love to hear those stories. Um, I have to admit, when a couple of years ago, when we went into lockdown, people were baking bread. People were doing all these things. And I was going on my walks. Like, you see the TikToks now. I'm going on my stupid walk for my stupid mental health. And that's how I felt. (laughs) <laughs> and it got to the point, I have to be honest, when things opened up, I didn't like going out for a walk because it reminded me of when I had to go out for a walk. Not my meditative walks. Got that's different. It. But I started associating the routes. I mean, I took so many different routes because I was so bored. I was going, that's the only place you could go was for a walk. Everything was shut down. So I went everywhere in all these different directions. Then when summer comes, those used, those used to be my summer walks. Not teaching. Mm-hmm. I would get up early and do that. After that, it's really hard because I associate it with that time and I can do maybe one walk and then I feel, I don't want to say I feel down afterwards, but yeah, I don't feel good. Mentally, I don't feel good after the walk. I feel good that I did a walk, but if I'm honest, I got a treadmill. I think that my walks, even in the nice weather, will probably be yeah. on the treadmill until I can disassociate the walks from lockdown because for me... I- it just became a very negative thing. And it's very funny because I think that I was probably my most meditative when lockdown started. And then mm. I moved in sort of mid-pandemic. And the new apartment, I have not been able to replicate any of the, the meditative quality that I had in the previous apartment. And I thinking about it now completely understand why because I don't want to be here (laughs) 
I don't want to. I don't want to be. I, it's a very cute apartment. I like the apartment a lot, but I don't want to be here. I'd rather be in the old apartment. The old apartment was conducive to the meditation. Was conducive to that ability to sort of calm yourself. And now I'm living mm. in a place where it's like I don't want to. I don't want to be here. I don't want to meditate in this house. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be in Tarrytown. <laughs> yeah. Well. I think you're going to be moving again soon. So yes, you'll probably find that. And that maybe that's something that you can think about um, as you move. Yeah. Where is going to be your spot or your places or, you know what I mean? Like before you even get there, since you, you know, the area or whatever, like yeah. before you even bring your stuff over, start thinking about, hmm, this could be really good. And having that intention as you move in yes. might help you. Because once you're in, you're going to go, I already know. I don't have to sit here and think about it. I know what I'm going to do. And you can do that. Yeah. Keep us posted on the podcast. Yeah, if that's actually absolutely. what happens when you move again. So, yeah. Oh, you guys will hear all about it. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> and please reach out to us and tell us, like, your experiences with meditation especially your experiences with meditation like during lockdown because I think that that was a really formative time for a lot of us and also yeah. it's something that we kind of just need to share it's something that we need to be able to talk to each other about yeah and especially you know we only talked about five different types six if you count yoga maybe yeah um so tell us if there's something else you do and how that's definitely because we could definitely mention it on the podcast you know, in a future one, we can say, hey, you know, we heard from so-and-so and they told us this. You know, maybe it's something you want to look into or something that we want to look into for ourselves. Thank you so much for listening to us and making this worthwhile to do. You guys are an amazing audience and we love being able to hear from you and to keep putting out podcasts that you enjoy. Thank you to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. This is a short walking meditation in the style of Thich Nhat Hanh. Walk slowly, in a relaxed way, in a garden or other beautiful natural space. Breathe normally, without changing anything. With each step, feel grounded on the earth. Focus your mind on your breath and allow yourself to feel the inhalation and exhalation as it enters your body settles in your lungs, and then leaves your body. As you walk, breathe in and take one step, and focus all of your attention on the sole of your foot. Feel the gravity as it draws your foot to the ground. As you begin your next step, breathe out, letting the air fully leave your lungs. Do this for as many steps as you like. You may want to walk this way for the entire meditation, focusing deeply on the connection of your breath to the pull of the earth, 
Allow yourself to feel relaxed and unbothered. When your mind tries to drift off or think about your worries, return to the sensation of your breath and the pull of gravity on your feet by saying to yourself, I recognize what I am doing in the current moment. I am breathing. I am taking a step. The more you become comfortable with this walking, the more you may deepen your meditation. As you walk, try bringing a half smile to your face. With each inhale and exhale, each lift and fall of your foot, wear the half smile. You may want to deepen your breathing, so an inhale becomes two or even three steps matched by your exhale. You may want to choose a mantra on which to focus or an affirmation. Meditation is your own personal practice and journey. Whatever you choose, do not forget to breathe and walk. Walk and breathe. Thank you to Thich Nhat Hanh and Lion's Roar, the Buddhist Lifestyle Magazine's website, for the inspiration for this walking meditation.